0: Hey, everybody. This is episode 126 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal De DeQuincy.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks for coming
0: back. So we're talking baseball today. A lot's been going on. Uh, I believe you said we're about the halfway point of the season. We're getting there.
1: Yep, we're currently watching the Astros. Lose to the Angels is five zero nothing right now, and this is Game Thirty One, so we are officially past the halfway point. That's season. right. Yep. And uh,
0: second game of a doubleheader today. We're mm-hmm. recording this on a Tuesday. Our first doubleheader of the season, I believe. I think. Sure, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> More to come as well. So, um, man, so yeah, you know, a lot's gone on lately. Mm -hmm. Um, the last time we talked about baseball, I had my doubts about, uh, certain guys and, and, uh, you know, they've uh, turned it around, which is a good thing. Um, we played a team this weekend that you wanted to talk about earlier, um, because they were in the middle of some controversy as well. Uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk about them then. But I feel like it's a good time now because we, we just got done playing San Diego Padres over the weekend, and we, we, they they kicked our butts, to be to be honest, um, and it's it's that that's an interesting team that um, that is on the come up. It seems like.
1: Yeah, and, I I really wanted to talk about the whole controversies surrounding Fernando Tatis Jr. swinging on a. O three pitch, and you know, make, hitting a grand slam, and how it was—it's against the unwritten rules of baseball. But now it's like it's been two weeks. I don't have—I <laughs> don't have the anger for that anymore. And it really feels like, for the most part, people were on my side. So it's like, of I'm, course, I'm just gonna let this like—I'm just gonna let this go. For once, people looked at it and said, "Well, this is stupid," and. If you have a problem with it, pitch better. Which is, you know, that, that was going to be my whole point. It kind of took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> so and, and that's so. the
0: bottom line, really. Is is if you don't want a guy swinging at a three zero pitch, one, don't get the count three zero with the bases loaded in a blowout, and two, um, you know, well, no, that's that's one and two, pitch better, and none of this happens. Um, so I have no problem with uh, with Tatis. Junior hitting that home run. Uh, interesting enough, his his father, Fernando Tatis, like a senior now, mm-hmm. I think he's the only person in Major League Baseball, and I, re- I remember watching the highlight of this game, the only per- uh, hitter in Major League Baseball to ever hit two grand slams in an inning. He did that for Montreal, I believe, way back, or I guess now way back in the late 90s.
1: And I swear he did off the same pitch or two.
0: Yeah, I th- you might be right. That that's been that's one of those statistics that I've always been fascinated by, and uh, so you know it's good it's good that you know this kid looks like he's you know becoming the real deal, um, and
1: yeah, hitting um, two grand slams in the same inning off of Dodgers pitcher's Chan Ho Park, April twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. Incredible! Was he with the Expos still? Ooh, do, do, do. Cardinals,
0: Cardinals. Yes, you're right. You're right. Um, that damn yeah, I mean,
1: Cardinals devil magic,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and you know, like I said, we played them over the weekend. Actually, not. I, it wasn't because of his actions or you know his his dominance a week prior, but uh, he got hit by I think Belak on Saturday with a changeup and it was already, it was becoming a blowout then. And either I can't remember if belek got kicked out or, or if he got ejected or if he just got pulled after that, because like the umpires wind up giving both teams warnings. Like I remember just kind of watching it in the, or listening to it in the background and, you know, he gets hit with with a pitch and all of a sudden there's a delay because the umpires are trying to decide whether to, to eject this kid or, give everybody warnings and I'm like oh my god like of all guys for this to happen with us you know this this kid that was in the news just a week earlier with you know hitting a home you know hitting that grand slam off that 3-0 pitch um you know it was kind of exciting to like be in the middle of something again <laughs> for this team um, yeah
1: I'm looking at it right now because I did not watch that game because I turned it on it was like Ten to zero, and I was out. Um, Belac did not get ejected. However, Martín Maldonado was ejected from the dugout. Let's take- Jeez, let's see the boss score in that. I know. Yeah, it was a it was eleven to one after the second inning, I was like, "Well, I'm done here."
0: Yeah, I believe that's like right after Belac left the game. I guess he was pulled from the game. Right after he left is pretty much when I changed the channel. Um, But I I guess I didn't realize it was that early in the game. But um, man, there's, you know, and of course, you know, we'll talk about the Astros in a sec. But, you know, just because Tatis was involved in all these incidents and the way they played against us this weekend, this past weekend, this is an interesting team. This lineup, that lineup is really interesting. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think could be on the come up. I mean, they've they've got they've got a solid middle middle of the uh, of the lineup with Tatis Jr. Uh, Will Myers is hitting well this year, and uh, even Manny Machado, you know, who's getting paid a lot of money, is uh, hitting better than I think he was last year. And they even have Eric Hosmer. I forgot about that guy. Another kind of overpaid, kind of overpaid, but
1: uh, still a pretty solid lineup. Living the American dream, being overpaid (laughs) in San Diego. Absolutely.
0: And, uh, yeah, their pitching looks pretty decent. And they're they're in second place in the West Division of the National League behind the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, And and I feel like this is the year, as long as you make the playoffs, you have a pretty damn good chance of winning it. Baseball is already the one sport where like the team that has the most wins at the end of regular season doesn't always win the championship, right and I feel like this year it's gonna like the team who comes in sixteenth place in the playoffs might just get hot and have a streak to the World Series, yeah,
0: and you know if you look historically like I would say the last what five years wildcard teams have made the World Series or at least maybe. Four out of the last five years, wildcard teams have made the World Series. The Nationals last year, um, and I feel like the only year that didn't that didn't happen was the Dodgers and Astros in 2017. Yeah, yeah. but I know the Kansas City won as a wild card team. Um, and I feel like Miami a long time ago. I mean, so not not just five years ago, but. A long time ago, Miami was part of that you know wild card, uh, World Series bound team. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that is that's one thing about baseball is that it's it's really not set in stone who's who's uh, gonna win it all.
1: Yeah, but you're right about the uh, <clears throat> the Padres. They could definitely make a run mm-hmm. and. About some of those guys being overpaid too, <laughs> but but this season, the sixty game season is perfect for them. Just just make a mad dash to the playoffs, and once you're in, just go out there and play the best game of these young, all these young guys. Yeah. What's that? And so,
0: how how are you? Uh, how are you feeling about the Astros now at this point?
1: I can't figure out what, how I want to define the Astros. Are they the good bad team or a bad good team? Mm-hmm. Because currently they are zero and eight against teams above five hundred. At at this point, I know for a while the Rockies were above five hundred, but they, I believe, they dropped since then. yeah, the Rockies are fourteen and fifteen as of this recording so they can beat up the teams that they need to beat and then they have difficulties taking on the elite so i'm going i'm sorry i'm going back and looking at the the Astros went like how bad have they actually been beaten by these elite teams they lost the see extra inning game against the Dodgers Let's see, Arizona. They got Molly Wops. Like a lot of games that they've lost to these over five hundred teams, they were just they were close games that they just couldn't couldn't score in. Or get that extra run in. It's like four to three, five to three. Um, one over here, three to two, and thirteen innings with the Oakland Athletics. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say um like. If I had to put it on a scale of one to ten of how worried I am, it would probably be like a, maybe like a four or five. And that really has to do with, like, I look around I see who's injured. You know, Alvarez is out for the year. Regman is hurt. Uh, Verlander is out, and we're getting conflicting reports about him. And it's like, well, do you really think this team is going to just make um, – Uh, magical run to the world series it's possible but I'm not getting my hopes up I'm more like even kill about the team right now I think they're going to make the playoffs they probably win a a series or two and then get knocked out that's why I think the most probable thing that happens to the Astros this year
0: yeah I, I feel like this is the year like every year I think most most fans you know go the homer route and say this is our year and you know, we've got a, a great shot and, um, you know, especially, you know, good teams like we have been lately. But this year, I think this, this is definitely a year where everybody needs to temper their expectations um, because there's just – it just doesn't seem like there's enough pitching to get it done at this point, um, you know just injuries galore is, is what's killing us right now. And yeah, I just, you know, I don't think there's enough, basically what it comes down to is for me is there's just no pitching depth to really make that, that, that big run, Um, which is, you know, it hurts to say, but you know, we have to, I think we have to put our prides aside and be realistic.
1: Honestly, it's this, the best policy. Like. Yeah. I'm, if Verlander is able to make a return and he's able to get back to Verlander status, the pitching staff, pretty good. Still got Verlander, Grinky at top, Lance McCullers. Let me ask you about Lance McCullers. What do you think his ceiling is?
0: Uh. At this point, hold on. Let me. That's a good question. I, I want to.
1: Because I was going back and forth with myself earlier at work, and I think I came up with what, what I think he's going to eventually end up. I just want to hear what you have to say. So he's 26 years old. He's coming off
0: Tommy John surgery. Um, man, it's hard to say because ne- he hasn't really put together a consistent run. As as a pitcher, um, or at least as a developed developed pitcher, I mean he has a winning record overall in his career. Uh, let's see, decent WHIP for his career, and I don't know. I I kind of a high ERA. I mean, you know, not bad, but not great. Um, I mean, I think at this point he's. With this rotation, I think he's where he needs to be as a number three starter. I agree. I, I don't see him – like, that's, that's kind of a scary thought because Verlander and Grinke are, like, 36, 37, or 38 years old, you know, respectively. So, they don't have, their time with this team isn't going to be that much longer. And do I see him stepping up as that number one guy – Uh, No, I don't at this at this point. Uh, But again, you know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery and, you know, he is only 26. But I mean, it's it's like there's there are pitchers who their number one starters at this point, you know, by the time they were 26 were you kind of could see that progression or that trajectory that they were making to being a number one starter, and he just hasn't done that yet. He hasn't shown that yet.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. When I was going over this earlier, I just sell it in. Like, he's going to be th- that number two starter and a guy who's going to have that one put-it-together year where he's going to contend for a Cy Young, and that's it. He's going to be – like He's going to be the guy who has the impressive strikeout numbers, but the walks are going to drive you insane, and, that, and that's going to keep him from being a number one.
0: Right. I mean, I mean his whip for his career is at one, 1.28, and that's average, I feel like. That's not dominant. That's not, you know, those aren't dominant numbers. Um, and that, that one really good year you're talking about usually happens during, during contract season. And that's probably what will happen is he'll have, like, you know, a really monster year before, you know, he becomes a free agent.
1: Yeah, I think he's just going to be – he's going to be number two. There's nothing wrong wrong with that. Uh, he's just not going to be that guy that you can count on game after game to win, for, win it for you. He's going to have some clunkers like he's had this year where he goes out there, it looks like he has no business on the mound, and then he's going to have games where he pitches eight innings with three hits and 12 strikeouts. That's the kind of guy he's going to beat. Yeah. That's
0: typically what uh, a number two or three guy uh, does. Yeah. That's on par, if you like, with, with a number three. Kind
1: of starter. Okay, going back. Sorry, a little tangent. So, no, no. Verlander comes back and he's Verlander again. So, he's number one. Grinky, Lance McCullers Jr., Framber Valdez, and Christian Javier. One through five, that's fine. There's definitely a drop off after two, but that's still a, t- a rotation that can make some noise in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But we're relying on Verlander to come back healthy and relying on Valdez and Javier to pitch like they've been pitching. Right. And As we've seen today and going back to that game against San Diego, you can't rely on these young pitchers like Brandon Bielak, who the last two games just gotten shelled.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if Verlander comes back and is Verlander again, I mean, do you really want to put that on him coming off an you know, like a forearm injury, do you really want to put him, you know, relying on him to go eight innings in the postseason, you know, even if it is only, even if he's only, you know, going to start five games in the postseason, you know, if, if we take care of business, like that's a lot of stress, on that guy, you know, I don't, I don't think it's feasible at this point um, just because of the injury he's, you know, he will have returned from if he returns. And so then that brings up like my, you know, I guess our, our, everyone's like point of this bullpen, you know, being too young at this point, not having that experience. um, That's needed to, you know, to make a solid, playoff run I mean like in the years since 2017 we've been able to get you know we've been able to advance far into the playoffs deep into the playoffs because Verlander could go eight innings Grinke could go seven innings um, and then you had Osuna was healthy uh, who uh, Presley I think at, at one point was was you know running high, um, and last year with herkiti who had a, a great run in the playoffs, and he's injured still. So, you know, that uh, – on paper, yeah, you know, like you said, that rotation looks really strong, but, you know, when, when healthy and complete. But is it uh, – I mean, how much can you really rely on them or, or you know, how, how fair is it to them to put – all of that pressure on their backs again during, you know, an unprecedented season, a season where your top guy is, uh, you know, um, suffered a you know a really, um, sca- you know, not scary but like a, a very cautious injury that really, you know, it's not like you twist an ankle or something like that or, um, you know, strain strain a knee. I mean, you know, we're talking about your your forearm, you know, your elbow. No, that's that's a that's a really you know it's risky business you're dealing with at this at, at this point, especially a guy who throws as hard as Verlander does. So, you know, again, I think this is you know we we should all, myself included, you know, sometimes the biggest homer you probably talk to that, uh, you know, we have to temper our expectations and uh, and be realistic that this just might not happen this year.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. I know what I was saying. The, that's the, back to what we were saying about the bullpen. That's one thing that kills me. People are like, well, they're not experienced enough to do such and such. And my response always, well, do you know how you become experienced? By doing the job. Right. Absolutely. And but I, th- I think this would be b- the learning year, though. Like yeah, Let this be you- the learning year because there's really nothing. And The trade deadline, I think, I believe, ends this week. Or trade deadline comes up this week, I should say. And there's so many teams that are still in the hunt that there are not that many sellers. So I don't know where they're going to go to find bullpen help. Like, their best bet may be waiting for, like you say, uh, Yukiti Yuki to come back, either put him in the rotation or put him in the bullpen, and just make a run for it. I don't think you're going to be able to upgrade. I'm not sure what the minor league system looks like anymore, but it's – shit, I don't even know what the minor leagues look like right now. Right. Because there's not a season, and, you know, even before the season, MLB was talking about getting rid of, like, 20% of minor league teams. Really? Yeah. It's all a cost – cutting measures Mm, it's the same reason why they're getting rid of scouts and moving to um just doing videos
0: Mm -hmm. oh boy Mm the future technology it's it's finally impacting the only thing rich people love more than money is more money that's right um and and you know to your point about Urkidi is another or uh, to add to your point like the last time we talked you you speculated that he had COVID, which is why he's been out, even though it hasn't been, uh,
1: formally announced. Uh, but this, you know, I, I mean, just expect, I just assume everybody who is hurt and the team refuses to say any kind of diagnosis just has COVID. <laughs> and right, I believe that to proven him, him wrong.
0: No, I, 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 I agree with you on there. Um, and if that's the case, like, and it's taken him this long to get back, like, what kind of effect did it have on him? And you know how? So, yeah, right now the bullpen would be the best place for him because he would have to. You know, he, there's no way he could take on a full load as a as a starter, if you're if you are in fact uh, recovering from from COVID, something you know as devastating as COVID has been for people that that survive. Um so I mean that that you know his presence in the bullpen could help just based off of what we've seen from him in the past. Uh but even that's no guarantee. That's no lock that he's going to be a you know a, you know a, a great one-inning guy even.
1: Oh, you heard about what happened to their secondary site, right? No. Oh, they had to shut down because of coronavirus. They had a case pop up. Oh, Re- recently? Uh, I believe it was last week. Got bored. Let me choose the I can't spell second. That's wild. That.
0: Yeah. And it's probably in Florida, right?
1: No, it's Waterburger Field. Oh, okay. And Corpus Christi. Corpus. And they're still
0: doing – are they still doing taxi squads? Yes. Okay. Interesting. That's got to be tough on those guys to, like, stay in shape and stay, you know, sharp. Like, how are you – especially if you're traveling with the team, like I have to go find a, a separate ball field to, to practice and stuff like that's gotta be, that can't be fun. Or maybe it is, maybe it's a unique experience that, you know, some players will get to tell about someday, sometime down the line.
1: I think it sucks. Yeah. Okay, okay. Jake Kaplan reported about five hours ago. Astros' alternative training site at Waterburger Field in Corpus Christi was back up and running today. It shut down for four days after a positive COVID test. Wow. Yeah. So I knew I heard I saw that. Yeah. Man.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's gonna be tough trying to find, you know, arms if if this keeps happening or if uh the young guys that we have, I mean at this point you're going to ha- you're kind of stuck with these young guys and you're going to have to, you know, the, sure, you know, the only way you gain experience is by experiencing it,
1: but uh-huh. you know, it's uh you sound depressed, are you right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's you know, it's it's not as it's not easy for, for it's not easy to accept for you know, winning teams. I mean, we've already been through this during those very lean years that you and I were very familiar with, um, and so you just hope that this is well for everybody, really. I guess that this is just a minor setback, one step back that will ultimately lead to you know two steps forward.
1: Yeah, for me, it's like I'm, every time I complain about this, I feel kind of spoiled, considering where we conti- where we came from. So it's like, you know, if they don't make the World Series and don't win it, it's not the worst thing in the world, especially with a crazy ass season like this is. Yeah, I mean, even last year when we lost in the World Series, I wasn't. I, mean, I, was,
0: I was disappointed, but I wasn't like super bummed out because I'm like, well, we already got one. I mean, we we. We got one for sure. I, you know, we, we saw it. We watched it happen. You know, I, everything else, anything after that is just gravy. It's just gravy, icing, whatever you want to call it.
1: That's what you said. That thing hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that one, uh, like, I'm losing the World Series last year. Still not 100% sure I'm over. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, losing at home like that. With sure. Garrett Cole in the bullpen and Grinky was just cruising along, and they just couldn't fucking score any more runs after what the second or third. That shit just is. Like when this season started, that stuff that was still stuck with me. <sighs> Uh what was that? Sorry. Um anything else you want to talk about the bullpen pitching? No, I think uh I mean I've been pleasantly surprised to
0: see uh Framber really, you know, pick up the slack that you know that's been left by Vorlander. I mean I mean he's not replacing he's not totally done that, but like you know, when someone like Verlander goes down, that's a huge void that's left to fill. And Framber's done about as well as anybody, better than I think most people expected. Like, you know, try in in trying to fill that void.
1: All right, how old is he? Twenty-six. So he's twenty-six. Lance McCullers is twenty-six. Twenty-six as well. Kitty is 25. Javier is 23. So uh, they, they have some guys, some young guys that will be able to fill in for the next couple of years being like maybe twos, threes, and down the lines. They still, once Verlander and Grinky either leave or retire, they're going to need to go out there and find an ace. mm mm-hmm. Uh, moving oh, on. Forrest Whitley. Whatever I get from him is found money. Okay. It, no, no, you know what? No, he's still so young. I don't think I can give up on him. He's only like 22, I believe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So no, I, I'm not going to give up on the guy. He can still turn around. If anybody, that's going to be the guy to, Yeah, he's still step up to number one. Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw a fake. Um, it's it's not a um, God, what's that guy's name? The pitcher that we traded away to the Phillies many years ago because. Vincent Velasquez? No, 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 no. Oh, um... You know who I'm talking. Yeah, Mark Appel. It's not a Mark Appel situation, because Mark Appel just... just couldn't get done. This is like... You've been hurt, and then all of a sudden, you know, a global pandemic uh, descended down and killed any momentum you could have had. So, I still got faith in him. He's still... Unlike Mark Appel, this guy has still been showing flashes in the minors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, I so I'm holding out hope. Like I say, he's only twenty two. He's he has the flashes, he has the capability. He just needs to stay healthy and not have you know the entire world burn around his feet.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, moving on. Would we like to talk about Jordan Alvarez. Oh man we had him for two whole games. You're Don, we hardly knew ye, man. man. And was that was that ironic? We hardly knew ye. We knew me. <laughs> <ye. laughs> I mean, God, just what a
0: what a letdown. I mean, I and we talked about this. I thought after one game, the way he hit a home run in his first at bat, the team like scored a bunch of runs and I and I we talked about this I said is this is is this team finally this lineup finally turning it around for good and like is he that one piece that you know was going to be that that big catalyst that was going to really set everything in motion like we're used to and boom 2 days later he's out <laughs>
1: yeah what do you think about his injury I honestly don't know what happened. I heard he was injured. I just
0: didn't follow up on how he got hurt.
1: I think it was a a torn patella tendon.
0: Oh, man.
1: Uh, Don't remember that. Right Uh, knee ligament surgery. Yeah. It just says, oh, you're going to make me Google. Okay, fine, whatever.
0: No, yeah, you were, no, you you said a partially torn patella.
1: Okay, I and got it. it. His right knee, yeah. So he's out for this year. He'll be back, hopefully healthy in 2021. And like I've heard people asking, okay, so he was hurt in spring training. He had MRI. So what happened? How come they didn't find it? You know, when he had the MRI back then, and I have a theory, but I want you to go first. Well, I didn't even know he, I didn't realize uh,
0: that this was kind of a long, you know,
1: he'd been dealing with this for so long. I,
0: I really, I thought he. Um,
1: well, he's been he dealing had... with knee problems since last year. Okay.
0: Oh, man. I mean, he's, he's a, such a big guy. And it's not like, um, it's not like he's 6'5, 325. It's like oh man he's just got too much weight on him. I mean he's 6'5" 225 which you know is sounds like the perfect proportions for a guy for that guy. Um it's kind of scary that you know he's already dealing with knee injuries. You know has knee problems so early in his career. I don't know man, you know. Um well, Okay, I, I think the best way to put it is, we just we just need to thank God he's not a five-tool player,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: someone that you know we're counting on to steal bases and stretch you know singles into doubles, doubles into triples, um, you know, score from first you know for, <laughs> score from first on a you know on a on a deep fly ball or anything like or anything like that. Um, you know, hopefully he's able to bounce back and maintain the power and, and stick around as a DH. I mean, that's really all he he can be good for at this point.
1: Yeah. I think there might still be a chance for him to be – you know what? I was going to say it might be a chance for him to do an outfield for National League games. But I think we're going to have the DH and the National League going forward. Mm-hmm. I think the pitcher's hitting is a thing of the past now. So he'll be able to be a DH. It's just, man, having someone that young just stuck at the DH position, it feels like they're not using him to his full potential. Right. And also clogging up the DH for anyone else who needs, like, a day off from the field. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I'm in lockstep with you. My theory is, like, he was – they, when they did the EM the MRI earlier this year in spring training, and they saw the damage, and then the season got got canceled, they just thought, well, if it's a, it's just a little tear, let's just do rest and rehab and try to get it it back that way. And you know, when he came back, it just didn't work. Just mm-hmm. got hurt. No, that's my theory. There's also the theory that they knew it was Tor. It was a, it was not all the way, but it was it was maybe less than fifty percent. And it was like, well, you're going to have to have surgery one way or the or the other. So your mouth would just play until it breaks.
0: Jeez. Didn't
1: no, have those, to wait long. Yeah, those are the two theories that I'm working with and I believe the first one more than the second one. Like they just thought rest and rehab would be enough to yeah, to I, heal the heel the leg on his the knee on his own and it just didn't happen.
0: I mean that then and that happens. I mean that that's a common thing. I mean that's something that I know it's not the knee but like that's something I've we've talked about with Verlander. It's like is he coming back too soon? Or are they rushing him too soon? You know, is he getting enough rest for something very delicate, like a knee ligament or an elbow or a, a forearm. Uh, you know, are you rushing these guys back too soon? And um, I think the your first, your first theory is more, it, it's, it's very plausible. Um, and it's, again, it's, it's a common thing. You know, it's just these teams uh, just don't take enough time to to get these guys fully healed.
1: Yep,
0: yep. So. And if anything, I mean, another thing we could look at, maybe, you know, if, if he's not always a DH, maybe uh, he could play first base at some point. I mean, Yuli is, what, 37, 36 or 37. I mean, he's not going to be there forever. Um, he's definitely been the, a great first baseman, probably the best first baseman we've had since, since Berkman. And um, maybe that's a spot that Alvarez could, could uh, you know, start training for.
1: You when you said that, it made me think about that line in Moneyball where the guys, well the the guys talking to the Brad Pitt character. He's like, "You want me to move to first base? Is that going to be hard?" And Brad Pitt goes, "No, it's going to be easy." And then the first base coach next to him is like, "It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life." <laughs> But I I agree with you. Hopefully, he's young um, enough. I don't him. I don't know because I've heard that Yuli wants to come back for another year. And oh man, that that reminds me. I saw this report from like I think it was Buster only talking about. Oh, there are certain Astros players that are want to leave because they don't want to have the label cheater around, and it's guys like Guriel and Springer and um. Who else? Uh, Michael Brantley and a couple other guys. And it's, for me, it's like, so if they don't sign here, is that just going to be the story? Even though it might be someone else offers Springer an extra $15 million to play there? <laughs> I mean... Or, like, if they decide... Yuli is too old. They want to go with the younger first baseman. The story's going be like, oh, Yuli Guriel decided not to sign with the Astros because he didn't want to be labeled a cheater. It's like, I don't think those guys think about that kind of stuff when contracts come up.
0: No, I mean, ultimately money talks, man. And if it the Astros is. offer Springer enough money, he's going to take it. Whether he feels that way or not, he's going to take the money.
1: It's like money uh, talking and also like, Opportunity if I have a chance to win a title here for and play for ninety million or go to some place like New York and play there for a hundred like the Mets, the New York Mets, sorry, yeah. and play there for like a hundred million, am I gonna take that? I'm not well I wouldn't because, you know, state taxes. <laughs> oh yeah. No, and I think the Astros have a better chance of winning in the next five years than the Mets do, but I, I don't know. I, that story just irked me because, like, it, it doesn't have to do with the label cheater because if it really has something to do with that, then guys would be asking to be traded right now.
0: Right. I mean, guys would be writing out contracts.
1: Yeah. And you don't hear – like, and that stuff would you know that would have leaked just so the writers could write it again about, oh, the Astros cheat, everybody wants to out their team, blah, blah, blah. You know that story would have leaked. About players want to be moved, and you don't hear that. You hear about players like I said, Gurio saying that he wants to stay here. And it, it's just a nonsense story. It just really pissed me off when I saw that. I was like, "Well, this is like, what kind of fucking report are you guys doing?" <laughs> it's more like you guys are have a um a vendetta than actually doing reporting you know Mm -hmm. but anyway i'm sorry get off mine that just really pissed me off i can't remember what i was really talking about uh
0: well you said yuli might stay for another year yeah yuli might stay and the reason why i say i suggest alvarez transitioning to first base um one like you said you know so that way he can real, you know he's utilizing more of his potential as an athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, even if, even if Guriel stays for another year, I mean, that's only one year. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I could see the way he plays and playing at first base and the way he hits, he could play to age 40. I feel like Um, he and if he, even if he does Alvarez will still only be 25 or 26 at that point. So, you know, it's not a huge weight and it's, Time it would give him time to develop and work on playing first, um, and so I wouldn't be too concerned with with Yuli staying for any amount of time uh, because it would I feel like it would give Alvarez more time to develop and not uh, you know rush him, throw him into that role full time, and he'll still be young enough to uh, to assume the role full time you know when 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 the time is right. So I think first base could be a
1: could be an option. Yeah, I'm not putting anything past. We'll see. Yeah, well, I feel like we say a lot. We'll see. <laughs> but I mean,
0: again, this roster. I feel like this offense. There's uh, there's some good problems to have, and it, it's been that way for a while. I mean, when when Bregman got drafted, oh well, what are you doing drafting, drafting Bregman? We already have a shortstop in Correa, and they made it work. Um, you know, you've got these guys like Alvarez who, well, he's only a DH. Well, maybe he can play first base at some point, you know, when, when you you know, decides to step away, but he's still, but he's still playing well at this point, even, even at his age. So it's like, these are good problems to have.
1: And also, uh, I'm sorry. I went back to find that Buster-only story, and one of the players he named was Josh Reddick, and I'm dying because I've been making jokes about, thank God the season's only 60 games. That's that's 70 – that's, uh, what, 100 games less that we have to deal with Josh Reddick contract? I've been making that joke on Twitter for, like, the entire baseball season. So, <sighs> I Googled that just to be – that take is so – that is – like, don't you have some kind of shame when you write something that's just so stupid? It's just sensationalism. Yeah. You just... It's this whole social media world we live in where people get off on the clicks and the likes and the and the page views. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it fucking makes sense financially or any other way. It's just, well, I got... Today in the last hour, I got two thousand page views and fifty thousand likes and thirty six thousand retweets. I Must be doing something right. It's like, <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah, no, it's
0: it's pretty pretty <clears throat> disgusting what some of these guys put out.
1: Yeah, sorry for interrupting you. I'm just, no, that's okay. I I'm mean, just, just talking out of his ass, Buster only just talking out of his fucking ass. <laughs>
0: It's uh, it's no surprise. I mean, most of these guys do. I mean, even, even our own beat writer. I mean, when he announced that Verlander was out for the season, <laughs> like Verlander himself had to tweet, hey, that's incorrect. And I never saw a retraction from that guy.
1: Who's oh, that's that not the thing to do on on Twitter. You never retract. You never apologize. You say what you say. And if you're wrong, you just wait until it blows over. Yeah. The dust blows over. And then you put out another story the next day. Well, whoever that kid is, I forgot his name.
0: I haven't forgotten about that, (laughs) that you were completely wrong. And nobody like the problem is everybody let it die. Everybody let the issue die
1: out. You know, I'm just going to go to Verlander's Twitter feed and find who this person was.
0: yeah, I forgot that beat writer. It's not. Um, I'm so used to uh, the same Astros beat writers in like the early 2000s. Richard Justice and Jose De Jesus Ortiz and Brian McTaggart, and they bring in these these other guys that I don't can barely barely remember.
1: Yeah. Damn, he, uh, he did not out the guy. He just said, the report that I'm currently missing the rest of the season is not accurate. It's a forearm strain. Thanks for all your wishes. I hope it heals and be able to play again. And I'm like, I cannot find the idiot who originally tweeted that out.
0: Chandler Rome. That's there you crazy. go. Smug-looking kid. <laughs> Look at his Twitter. <laughs> so smug
1: yeah I'm looking at him right is this the guy no this isn't the same guy I spoke of earlier yeah like you don't Twitter you never have to apologize you just say something outlandish people dunk on you for like a day and then we move on to the next garbage fire yeah Oh man. Oh, all right. So let's talk about the real reason we're here. It is Kyle Tucker season. I told you on this very podcast a week and a half ago that Kyle Tucker was not a bust and all he has done is reward your boy. I, you're I mean, look, you're welcome.
0: Because that typically happens. Whenever I start doubting these guys, they go on this run. And I'll do it again if I have to. Don't make me have to, but I, I will if I have to. It means that these guys will start kicking it into gear. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I questioned whether or not Tucker was the real deal. And it's, you know, it's still too early to to be
1: definitive on that. But he's turned it around ever since – We talked about it. I'm getting you. All right. We put out that podcast on the 16th. So by the time you hit this, it'll be 10 days ago. So let's go over his stats. This includes the first game of today's doubleheader. Since the 16th, he's hitting 400 with a 472 on-base percentage, 12 hits, three triples, four home runs, 13 RBIs. That's what's up. I want to hear this praise. I want <laughs> to hear it from the mountaintop. I told you. I told 80's. everybody listening to give this man some time, give him some at bat to let him adjust, and he proved me right. Absolutely, so far, I I think um
0: I think I made a valid. I think we made a we came to a valid um conclusion that. He might not be a 30-plus home run guy going forward. Mm -hmm. Those 36 home runs in the minor leagues last year may have been an anomaly. Uh, But he is, in those 10 days since we discussed this, he has definitely started to turn it around, turn it around, and show signs of being a very solid, above-average major league hitter, which is pretty damn good. Above average.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I said on this podcast, I didn't think he would be MVP, but he could make it a couple all-star games. And look at him now. I'm so proud. I got tears rolling down my eyes like he's my own child. <laughs> my adult son, Kyle Tucker, told you to believe in this man. And all we, he's done is we, you just got to Leave Right. All we needed was a little
0: patience. Side note, I actually kind of missed that
1: gimmick. <laughs> uh, wrestling gimmick? Yes. That's me. I just came on here to dunk on people by Kyle Tucker. Every time he gets a, a hit, it warms my heart with childlike pride and joy. No, I'm, <sighs> I'm, look, that's all I'm is. glad
0: I, I've – I've been wrong these past ten days because
1: oh, I'm not dunking on you. I'm talking about the people on Twitter (laughs) that just like with Bregman, they were ready to trade him. Mm -hmm. And he's—I don't even think he's had like a full year of at bats in like the two years that he's been up. No. Uh Let's see. He's had total 257 plate appearances. That's like half a season. Yeah.
0: And, you know, if he can finish off a 60-game season with <clears throat> 14 to 15 home runs, um, what, maybe 10 steals? I mean, he's already at four this year. Ten steals would be nice. Get that ba- that average up to 260, which is all all those stats are well within – the realm or they're they're within reach
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that's all. I just came to dunk. well, 30 games left maybe maybe not 15 home runs but I
1: would say maybe 10 10
0: 10 10 to 11 10 or 11 would be would be amazing would be I mean a great start for this guy and mm-hmm. uh, you know would silence the doubters and give him a lot of momentum going into next season
1: Yeah, man. Uh, That's all I got. Um, Programming notes. We may or may not have a podcast this Friday because we are preparing for a hurricane down here. (laughs) So I just want everyone to know, like, no guarantees for Friday. We may not have power, may not have internet, no telling. I think... um, was this Laura Hurricane Laura? When it hits, when it makes landfall, it's gonna be a Category Three hurricane.
0: Mm-hmm. And That's what I'm hearing.
1: Yeah, and it's coming up the south and the west side of Houston. So I have no idea. No one really knows what what it's gonna do. All we're doing is preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, and you know, hopefully, you guys will hear from us Friday. If not, then sometime next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, another, uh, I want to plug something. Again, this is all weather, weather permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be sp- I tentatively will be spinning records. I'm back on this Sunday night uh, at the Red Dwarf, which is in Midtown, off McGowan Street. Um, it's a coffee shop, eatery bar. I mean they've got it's got everything. It's got food and drinks and coffee and all that good stuff that people like. Mm-hmm. Um and um I'm making my debut there tentatively, spinning some records from seven PM to ten PM should be a good time. Again, weather permitting, God willing. <laughs> That's so much for uh, Yeah. Man yeah. I'm look I'm excited. I'm looking forward to
1: it. It's been too long. Yeah man. I don't even think i I don't think I went to the last one you did I think I was
0: no that was yeah, that was in February, man it's been that long we're just starting to get on a roll and then boom, it's all all gone <laughs> until now until this Sunday
1: yeah. we'll yes, make our sir. again <laughs> weather permitting <And> I hope <laughs> yes. we can, I hope we're able to go and I hope people are actually able to show up. To, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I honestly, I did not expect to come back this soon, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the the opportunity presented itself. Um, And I figured, well, you know, we're – things are – like, I hate to be that guy, like, oh, we got to get back to normal. Like, I don't want to rush that. I don't want to put anybody – make anybody feel like that if they're not comfortable with that. Um, But I was willing to to kind of test it out, test the waters, see what it's like, uh, see what – how close to back to normal we can really get. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm interested for so many things about this weekend, you know, see how, how this all plays out.
1: Yeah. Man, we're talking about hurricane, like the coronavirus is still out there. Okay. All right, man. So, man, we should have talked about the whole DC. Did you watch the DC uh, yes, fan thing? Oh, okay. Oh no, not not the thing. I just saw the trailers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, God willing, maybe we could talk about that sometime soon. Yeah, uh, let's, let's shoot for the next, the next recording. Yeah, we're able to. Yeah, man. Weather <laughs> permitting. Weather, for me. <laughs> weather for me exactly. All right. We're good and done. Um stay safe out there everybody. Um, yeah, everyone in southern Texas, southern Louisiana, please be careful out there. And um if a you have to, to stay safe from Yeah, if there if it's a mandatory evacuation, get the hell out of town as soon as possible. Um, and anywhere else, just hunker down, stay safe, don't take any risks. If it's you see water, turn around, it's you, nothing is worth your life, and not the job, not trying to get none during hurricane season. Just <laughs> yeah. stay safe out there, all right? Get all plenty right, of man. water. <laughs> I got four tuna
0: <laughs> non perishables. Uh, keep wearing that mask, everybody. Yeah. You know. We're still. There's a lot that we have to deal with, and we just have to deal with it all at the same time.
1: Yes, and try to get get through this horrible, terrible, sucky year, man. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. And sounds uh, good, brother. Stay stay safe, man. You too. All right, man. All right, guys. For Anthony, I'm DeQuincy. Later, babies.